0: everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Hello Nikki. Nikki.
1: Hello, Pete Wright. How are you? Oh,
0: I'm so good. Back after a little vacation. Right? Uh, yeah, it was really good. Went on a college tour, and you know, the number one lesson that you learn as a parent going on a college tour is? You know what it is?
1: I have no idea. I haven't done it yet. Man,
0: I would kill at college right now. Would you? I would slay. I would be so good as a Why college. Why do you say student. that? Because I have systems. I had no systems when I was a student. I'm sitting there watching my son, thinking he has no systems without support. He's yeah. gonna have to learn all the lessons I had to learn, right. and uh, like it, it's just it was amazing. Like it was a man, I was so interested in all the subjects and the classes and all the awesome stuff and and uh, resources and everything was great and um, and so it was it was really fun and, and in fact it it was actually rejuvenating to hear that you know the college enrollment is in this these particular schools that we saw is up in, to the point where they're having to institute wait lists like people are going to school so. Lots of options, and it's and that is exciting. Even though school isn't for everybody, for sure, I live in a family where that is that is true. We're split, but um, it is just uh, it's just was really gratifying and rejuvenating to see so many resources that are available. uh, Absolutely, support new students. So that was super fun time
1: with your son.
0: We played video games so hard. We're playing so many VR games. I feel like I came back with like traumatic brain injury. Like it's we've got the VR and it's. It's incredible. And um, yeah, we're really rolling with it. I'm, everything I see now, I want to swipe or <laughs> it's hard, hard. You have to, to live in the
1: real life now. I like have to live life. in the
0: real, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are talking about uh, rolling with the punches today, uh, how to give yourself compassion when the world knocks you sideways and uh, still part of our ongoing self-compassion series, Uh, Which this this kind of marks the end. We're going to wrap it up next week with a little review. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know we've got uh, be on the lookout because we've got some uh, requests coming out for thoughts and comments. We want to do a little bit of a listener feedback conversation next week. Right.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Love to hear what people have taken away from our series.
0: For sure. And and judging from the live chat over the past four or five weeks, it, it has been uh, it has been well received, frankly, it's been mm-hmm. uh, it seems like we're hitting uh, hitting some notes that are shared by others. So please, um, you know, we'd love to, sh- to hear your thoughts and how uh, how you have been able to find ways to grant yourself self-compassion. Uh, when the world knocks you sideways, based on the conversations we've been having. So that's uh, that's number one. So that's what we're going to be talking about going forward. Before we dig into that, head over to takecontroladhd.com to get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can join us uh, on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really connect with us, head over to the ADHD Discord community. Super easy to jump into the general community chat channel. Just visit takecontroladhd.com slash discord and you will be whisked over to the general invitation and log in. And of course, if you're looking for a little bit more and if this show has ever touched you or helped you to understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener supported podcasting with a few dollars a month. You can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features and invest more heavily in our community. Uh, and you know, put food on the table. This is our jobs. And it's really, really helpful when you uh, pony up your five bucks or or 10 bucks a month to join the community, join the live streams, chat along with us, and also know that we're able to continue doing this because of that support. Uh, It means a huge, huge thing to us uh, that you are able to contribute as you can. Uh, you can learn more about that at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. We have another announcement.
1: Yes, we do. So there is still one week left to sign up for GPS and if you're not sure what GPS is, if this is the first time you've heard of it, uh, GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions and this is a monthly membership program that guides you through the process of learning how to plan and schedule your day with confidence. Members meet every Monday and Thursday for a one-hour guided planning session. And we are doing something new where we are actually expanding another meeting time. So we've got two different meeting times now. Um, So now every Monday and Thursday, you can choose between the two different sessions Uh, We have a 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern session, or we have a 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern session that you can choose from. And I will be available for one hour uh, in between those sessions for open Q&A and uh, be able to uh, talk about your own specific systems, questions, discussion, whatever you guys want to to do in that hour. Um, So if you're tired of chronic lateness and forgetting appointments, head over to takecontroladhd.com slash GPS to learn more and sign up. The deadline to enroll is April
0: 28th. April 28th, that's coming right up.
1: Yes, yes. So come join us.
0: Goodness. All right. Uh, Shall we give ourselves some compassion right now?
1: Yes, let's lean into it.
0: Today we are connecting (laughs) self-compassion Uh, when you're in the middle of an RSD storm. But yes. I think we need to start with a review of what RSD is. What is the emotional storm of ADHD?
1: That's right. That's right. So it stands for rejection-sensitive dysphoria. Uh, it's often referred to as emotional dysregulation or hysteroid uh, dysphoria.
0: Hysteroid dysphoria.
1: story, I haven't heard that. That's in the European Union.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Interesting. Okay. See, you learn something new every day. That's right. Thank you, Melissa, for adding that (laughs) into the note. (laughs) So this I know and understand from Dr. William Dotson. So we had uh, Dr. Dotson on our show a while back. Uh, actually talking about RSD and explaining what it is. And uh, this is a quote from an article that he wrote in Attitude Magazine. Rejection-sensitive dysphoria is extreme emotional sensitivity and pain triggered by the perception that a person has been rejected or criticized by important people in their life. It may also be triggered by a sense of falling short, failing to meet their own high standards or others' expectations.
0: Right. Right. Yes. A- and I would, I would just add from Dr. Dotson that is, it, it's failing to meet others, uh, our perception of others' expectations. Right. right. Yeah, not like just your this own, is, but others. I'm yeah. often, yeah, I'm often feeling like I need to, um, like like I'm in, when I hit a storm, it's often because of the story that I tell myself, not because of the reality of expectations.
1: Right. right. People are right. always
0: more understanding, as we've talked about over the last five yes. weeks. Yeah, than I am absolutely. with myself.
1: Then, yeah. th- yes, you're always going to be harder than uh, on right. yourself for sure. sure. And and it's really almost 100% of people with ADHD experience RSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes on to say that it's neurological and genetic. Uh, it's not currently listed in the diagnostic criteria for ADHD. Um, however, I do think that there is, when you when you talk about uh emotional dysregulation it's very mm-hmm. similar to that right like so yeah. they kind of go hand in hand dysphoria is greek for difficult to bear mm-hmm. um and so this is a really important i think point in understanding rsd is that it's difficult to bear so it doesn't mean you're too sensitive or you're too emotional because a lot of times that's what we're that's what we hear. Oh, you're being right. too sensitive, or you're too, you're caring about this too much.
0: Right, and two is the is the dirty word in that sentence. Right. right? I don't mind it being sensitive or being emotional. That is a human experience. Exactly. It's When I'm being told I'm too, that's like oh, so now there's normal when it comes to being emotional. Like now I'm now I'm being judged against a false standard of exactly. sensitivity.
1: Exactly. And that I'm in the wrong here for caring too much. Like how, so maybe you're wrong for not caring enough. Yeah. Right. right. Like where does that come in? Yeah. Uh, And then also from the article, he says, it's not that people with ADHD are wimps or weak. It's that the emotional response hurts them much more than it does uh, people without the condition. No one likes to be rejected, criticized or fail. But for people with RSD, these universal life experiences are much more severe than for neurotypical individuals. They are unbearable, restricting, and highly impairing. And I have to say, I see this with clients and it goes back to just what you just said. It's this like mm-hmm. high expectations of themselves. And what I see is, it, 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 oh, incred- it's the opposite of self-compassion. Yeah. What is that? Like self-loathing. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It, it It's so, uh, prevalent, you know, when they, when they talk about their experiences and how deep they are and, mm-hmm. uh, and it's definitely something that's different, you know? Um, and I think it's important to, to understand that,
0: you know, I, I want to throw something in here, which is just, uh, again, uh, just a comment on my somatic experience, like what it what it feels like for me. And I, if it if you relate to it, awesome. If not, I hope there's someone out there that you can relate to who relates to this too. I think as a part of ADHD, I can I I find big swings when it comes to RSD. Right, I can mm-hmm. distract myself with positive stuff and VR video games and you know movies and shows and books and all all kinds of stuff anytime I anytime I, I need to, but what i find is as a result of that distraction that sort of emotional distraction when a storm hits like when um uh when i find myself like repelled or a change of plans that cause me to question my reality or question my my ability to perform in a given way i can go from high to low so quickly it manifests as something else as like you know wondering if i'm bipolar right mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. it hurts so much so fast and that's the the sort of dysregulation part of it that I can go from feeling pretty good about the world to getting some news and realizing that I'm just this. I'm from another planet I can't Mm -hmm. be related to. And therefore, I shouldn't be loved by anyone. And therefore, my kids don't respect me. And therefore, every time I look at my wife, she's wondering, why the hell am I married to you? Like Mm. those swings are legit and terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And 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 so like to to think about those triggers like that remind you yes everybody is thinking about these these things that you know we have definitions we're putting words around these things but the somatic experience feels like you are being physically abused, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. it is, it is gut wrenching curl up in, in fetal position kind of, kind of stuff. It can go that to that level. And I think that's what people misunderstand who don't live with that. And maybe mine's manifested too, by, you know, my experience with anxiety, like maybe that's, that's all kind of part and partial, but that doesn't make it any less real. Right. Right. And uh, so,
1: well, and I, I think what you're explaining here is, is highly impairing. Yeah. That, that's exactly what you just explained. Yeah. Is, because is you can go from can, like
0: being right. functional to being not functional. Right, right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> so fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. not a place you want to stay in. No. You know, no, for, um, sure. for sure. So it, it's important to understand it, put words around it, and then... um, we got to also figure out how to not stay in it. Yes. And, and, yeah. and something that Melissa had said when she was doing the research here, and I think this is a really good point, is this definition and expla- explanation feels freeing. It feels like I can stop being so hard on myself for the way I feel and how I react when I hear something said to me that triggers those negative feelings. It's just how my brain is wired that it's not my fault. And I shouldn't blame myself for my reactions, just like you can't blame a person with Parkinson's for their tremors. They don't have control over their body in that moment either. It's all about how you work through it after it triggers. Yeah. And I think that's a really, really good point. And I, and I think that this is where understanding what's happening gives you that knowledge gives you that that freedom that, okay, mm-hmm. I get this. This is this is separate. This is this ADHD thing. It's not something that I'm purposely trying to do to myself, yeah, you know, right. or to hurt myself. Um, so I appreciate uh, her putting mm-hmm. that in there because I think it's really yeah. important.
0: And and I think it's important too that that we just at, at least acknowledge that it's that the uh, the way Melissa writes this really hits hits home to me. But also because when I need to not blame myself for my reactions the most is when I'm unable to imagine not blaming myself for those reactions the most, right? I, that's, the, that's the impairment, is that it's when I'm in that trough of emotional despair yes. that I need these, these triggers. I need the tools to be able to cope and shock myself out of, of that so that, I can, so that I can move forward again.
1: Right, right. Well, and and having these conversations brings it to light. And so if you have this kind of conversation with people that are around you, Mm -hmm. so they're, you know, it's two people probably, or a group of people that are, that something's happening that's having you respond this way. So if it's a partner or a spouse or whatever, like having these kinds of conversations around this Part of a d h d it just gives that extra understanding of that's what this is, this is what this is, and I think with that knowledge again, it just gives you more of an idea of what's happening rather than like having this happen and not have any understanding of why right, and then really thinking that something's wrong and you're crazy, and you know all of those things like am I bipolar like all of those things can kind of start to yeah. to go down that rabbit hole right. Uh, so yes, the, the, the connection to self-compassion. So how do we, uh, how do we connect RSD, uh, with, with self-compassion? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> how do we do that? Well, Pete? Yeah, no, I mean,
0: I, I, to me, it's, it's pretty natural, right? Because generally when I'm in that space, uh, it is it it, it comes because i 'm unable, i i 'm incapable unable incapable of uh, of looking at myself as a whole person mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that is self compassion right mm-hmm. it 's giving myself the grace to feel everything i 'm feeling when i 'm feeling it and to be aware that it is a feeling that i 'm feeling to be aware mm-hmm. that it 's an experience that shall pass, but when i 'm in it it's hard to experience anything other than this is my whole world. This tiny piece of my lived experience is now my whole world. And I'm not going to be able to get out of it because there is no out of it. I'm in it and that's all I get. That's mm-hmm. all that it is. So for me, it's this idea of, of being able to stop and say, hold on, this is just a piece I am able to identify what this piece is and know that on the other side of it, there is love and compassion and grace and patience and understanding. And right now, maybe I have to just go through a little bit more the grief and the pain part uh, in order to to see that, because and and that's the that's the hardest part, right? Like getting out of RSD, um, it it is it has to be kind of a jarred mechanism for me. Like it has to be something that is, and we did a whole presentation on this, on surprising yourself with joy.
1: Right, right. These
0: are some of the very similar tools, right? To be able to stop and remind yourself. One of the things that we did at, at, this is another, um, uh, Melissa's suggestion on our team, right? Stuff that people can't see in our Discord server. We have this high praise channel mm-hmm. and it is for like when you members of the community say something nice about something we did, when we're not feeling good, we post it there and we can share those comments Uh because that stuff that stuff matters, yeah, right? That stuff matters. And I didn't know how much it mattered until I started reading mm-hmm. it and realizing that there is, in fact, another side to this wall of emotion that I'm experiencing right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And that is somebody got something out of something we did, right? Right. right. And, and that that is huge. That is Absolutely. huge. Just like I get something out of Every time I go into Discord and I read a post of somebody who's solved another problem and I get to learn something from how Mm -hmm. they've done this, whether it's I found a great office chair or Mm two, you know, I've I've solved a level on video game. Do I found some new music that I just love to work to, to I now understand myself a little bit better and how to get through an emotional storm. I'm constantly learning from that. And I I feel like that's that's really important to um, to reflect on that. Mm -hmm. It's I can stop. It's it's like the old stop, drop and roll, right? Like when, there's, when you're on fire. Do you remember that? Right, yes, that? of yeah. course, yes. This, this is the stop, drop and roll for RSD and an emotional storm is like, what do I need to do? And maybe you should just stop, drop and roll. That might be just enough exactly. of a jarring physical kind of somatic experience that you might shake yourself out of feeling bad. I don't yeah. know.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Well, and I think that there's the, the connection that I want to highlight is the, is the negative self-talk. It's the conversation that you're having inside of your head. So we know that this self-talk can be a symptom after an RSD episode. So something yeah. happens and you have negative self-talk. And I think, you know, one of the things that is a really easy example to, to share is if you have a conversation with your boss and you walk out of that, conversation feeling like you're going to get fired. And so now we're in this RSD episode and you're talking to yourself, right? So you're talking about how awful this is. So this is just making the RSD worse because it can also RSD can be caused by your negative self talk promoted by a real or perceived failure. And that's the thing is that it is it real or is it perceived? What is truth? What is not like, it's really hard to dissect all of that when you're feeling that bad. Right. So we have to I think when you say stop, and drop and roll we have to really stop that inner dialogue that is hurting us because it's just making it worse. Uh and so that's that's just the only thing I would would add yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, actually I have more to add. Who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: I have more if we to met add. You, right.
1: <laughs> the, the 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 other thing I have to add is identifying what happens to you when you start to feel That RSD coming on. So it's, we've talked about this before. We haven't really had an expert come on. This would be somebody that this would be a great expert to have, but like somebody to talk about what happens to your body when you get angry. What happens to your body when you get anxious? Like, where do you feel it? Does your face start getting red? Does your throat start tightening? Does your stomach start tightening? Because your body is sending you messages before you even really understand what's happening. Right. And so, if we can start really leaning into that too, and can see that, okay, I'm starting to get really upset here, then it's that stop. Okay. Noticing that this is what's happening. And then the dropping and rolling is like rolling away from the situation. I need to walk away right now. I'm too upset to talk about this. I need to breathe and this comes back to like James Ochoa's breathing techniques is stopping that negative pattern you know I need to take time for myself and be able to to walk away this is not easy. It's not going to be done the first time you try. Believe me, I understand that. Um, but it's it's tools. It's tools that you can have kind of in your toolbox to to remember, okay, what am I feeling? What do I need to do in this situation? Before you say something or do something that you yes. regret.
0: And it is, it is you know, we'll say it again, it's a practice, right? right. And that's the, that I think is the important thing. Like we talked about the High Praise channel. I feel like that is important to make a habit to look at all the time like Mm -hmm. every day if you're going to do something like we talked about the joy jar a long time if you're going to create something like that make it a practice to look at it when when you are both happy and when you're uh, and when you're sad because when if you only look at it when you're sad you'll forget to look at it when you're sad right yeah it has to be a part of your ingrained behavior um it in order to be of of use like you have to contribute to it and get from it when when it is useful um and, and so that's important. I want to throw out an addition. This is uh, from uh, Eva Karen in our chat room. And um, remember, uh, if you are a member of the ADHD community uh, at the Deluxe Level Better, you can join in and chat along with the show live. And this is, I think, a really, really great contribution. Uh, she says, I have a colleague who uses drop, drop, and roll in this way. Stop, literally shut your mouth. Drop, drop into your breathing and roll. Roll into the truth of a relationship, and that is credited to Julie Alvarado. Uh, I really like that as much as I also really like the idea of just stopping and rolling around on the floor. Right, <laughs> like right. There is, there's To get the fire more, out, yeah, just get the <laughs> fire out. Like if, like to me, there's a there's like a metaphor that works there. Right. Uh, I I really appreciate this contribution, and I think that's important to um to to recognize that this is. Uh, that that that's a really interesting metaphor that could serve as a as a breaking a pattern interrupt as Absolutely. I love to say.
1: Well, and something else I would add to that: a pattern interrupt it is a lot of ADHDers are verbal processors, and you need to talk to somebody. Not to the person that maybe is making you feel the r s t but someone else that's not in the situation or the conversation but the 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 beauty of that the the benefit of that is you're able to talk to someone you trust and really get your thoughts out into the universe right they're not just stuck in your head you can actually talk about how you're feeling. And it can be irrational. It can be whatever it is. You just need to get it out to somebody and and talk that through. And there's a lot of power in that because it's that venting thing, right? It's like, I just need to vent for a second. I just need to get this out. There's like real magic to that. And I think it's also important to make sure that the person that you're talking to understands what you need from them. And that may be looking for solutions Or it could be, let me just vent. I just, I don't want you to try to fix this. I don't want you to tell me everything's going to be okay. I just want to tell you how I feel. Mm -hmm. A a lot of power in that.
0: Yeah, for sure. For
1: sure. Yeah.
0: So we've already sort of broken the seal on building tools, uh, on ways to cope and regroup when you're kind of in an experience of, Forgetting to give yourself compassion, right? Uh, in a, in the middle of a storm, uh, what else is high on your list?
1: You know, something came up with me, uh, in one of my coaching groups recently, and and she was asking about how, and and she used the word pivot, which just makes me laugh because mm-hmm. I always think of Ross and Friends and yeah. pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> <blah." laughs> uh, but she was asking about you know, what if you have something that you're really looking forward to and it doesn't happen? How Mm -hmm. how do you pivot from that experience or that disappointment? And it was a really good question because we have, it's not necessarily related to RSD necessarily, but it's that disappointment. It's not not around rejection. It's just disappointment that something didn't happen. And it was interesting because as we talked through it, you know, A lot of times this happens in coaching sessions where they'll talk and this is why processing is so important and they kind of come up with their own solutions as they're talking. And so as she was talking, she was like, okay, well, and it was a, it was a birthday party or some kind of party or event that she was going to take her her kids too. And she started thinking, well, okay, well, we can't do this, but we can do this instead. And, you know, and she kind of started walking herself through that disappointment, like what the alternative is. And it was just a really interesting process to kind of see some, to witness being able to kind of go from this disappointment to like, all right, it's, it's going to be okay. Like I can sit in this disappointment and I can be disappointed, but I also can look at other, you know, ways to make this okay. And, uh, and, and pivoting what you do that day or how you look at it. Uh, so I think, you know, again, the verbal processing is so important. Um, I, I also think there's a, there's really an important piece of leaning into whatever it is you're feeling, you know, your emotions are valid. And and being able to to lean into that, and as we've learned in some of our other uh, episodes around self compassion, when we avoid them, it takes longer to get through them and to the other side. And so sometimes, like you were saying or alluding to, we just need to drop and stay on the floor a little bit,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, and be okay well, with that.
0: And and I I really appreciate that, like struggling with the with pivoting because that that's what you know, started my thinking about all this is when is, is the explicit situation, the scenario mm-hmm. in which I have an expectation of what is going to happen and something changes and the new thing brings me uncertainty about right. my role in, in it. And I go through the fear, uncertainty and doubt Uh, I'm scared of this new reality. I don't know what the new plan is, and I don't know what I'm going to be expected to do. And whatever I'm expected to do, I'm not sure I can do it up to the standard that others expect of me Mm -hmm. or the picture that I'm painting of others' expectations of me. So plans change. And now, let's say it's a professional context. Now I have to do a thing and essentially improvise. And there is the potential of a storm of terror that comes from that that can be debilitating. Um, and, and so that's the, that's the piece that I think is, is, uh, is the real flag of fear for me. So what but, would be
1: a, a different so, question or a different conversation you could have in your mind?
0: Right, right, exactly. And that's why I I have this, this process that I just, I, I think it's important to either for me, I need to write or talk it out mm-hmm. and to think about like, okay, here's the new plan. Is there anything is there anything about this new plan that I can latch on to, right? Mm-hmm. Is there one thing, one tiny element of this new plan that I can achieve? Because once I find one thing, usually I can find a couple of more and it goes out from there. Yeah. But that one thing is like a match in a cave. It's like a light that I can I can see. And as soon as I can see something, I can start to see everything
1: absolutely but
0: without that focus without really figuring out what is the tiny atomic element that is something i can relate to i i, I don't know i don't know how to do it i'm just in the dark Mm -hmm. and uh and so that is so you keep looking um, for
1: the light you keep keep looking looking for the light light. and that's the thing is that you don't want to stay in the dark you got to keep looking for it and so when we think about what is the worst thing that can happen we also have to think about what is the best thing that could happen and maybe this is okay yes because now because life doesn't go as planned
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: that's the thing is that we always are going to have to adjust, and things are going to happen that we don't expect, or things are going to take longer than what we think, and all of these things. And so, it's it's looking for that light, and also when you're not in the middle of the RSD storm. I know it's really difficult to do it when you're in it, but we've said this before: it does pass. It does pass. So once you're over that, um, that immediate reaction opening up that that possibility of of right. what what could this do that is it is a positive in my life what do i learn from this what other doors does it now open
0: yeah and, and I'm, I, you know, I bring up the professional context, but it could be as much as like, oh, I am with a bunch of people and we're all going to a restaurant and I decided what the restaurant is. And I'm really excited about the restaurant. And somebody says, oh, I can't eat such and such at that restaurant. And then the plan changes and mm-hmm. somebody else picks a restaurant. And I have to live with the disappointment and the excitement of what I thought I was going to share with this group of people. What is the one thing that I can latch on to that is positive about going to this new restaurant? Because if not, I will sit in silence at the back of the, the table in the corner and I will stew over the fact that I didn't get to share my restaurant with these people, whoever that is, and I won't be able to to find the light. I have to work on finding the light in order to be able to change contexts. And that's the I mean, we've changed the yes, because about the you know what? With lot. your
1: example, yeah, that has nothing to do with you.
0: No. It nothing. has
1: absolutely nothing to do with you right. or your choice or your recommendation. All but I it is, sure as hell can make I it know, about but me. That's where you have to like stop, yeah, and pause yeah. and say, "Wait a minute, this isn't about me. This is right. nothing to do with me." And you know what? You, you know get what to else? Do? They have great
0: lemonade. Yeah. Maybe that's the match. And and it just
1: doesn't matter because you still get to go out with your friends and you're going to have a lovely evening, whether they go to your restaurant or not. So it's really talking yourself out of like the doom and like, wait a minute, this really is not a reflection of me at all.
0: And I'm using this as like a hyperbolic statement, but I... Dare you to think about this and not imagine yourself being in this position ever. Maybe it's not about a restaurant, maybe it's about something else, but it, it can be as innocuous as a restaurant right, change right. that can spark a spiral. Yeah, and yeah. uh, and so I, you know, I think to find the match, find that absolutely,
1: match. absolutely, absolutely yeah. great, good stuff. Is that it?
0: Are we good? Yeah, can we solve it.
1: Love it. So next week, we'll <sighs> be doing some of our own takeaways because this was a this was a longer series than what we've done and uh and so important though. I just feel yeah. like there were so many great takeaways and I would love to hear what what listeners had to have to say too.
0: Yeah. And I don't I I uh, I feel like the, this is the challenge of this particular series because it is deeply personally important to me and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not done. I know we're going to come back to relating to this now that we've peeled back the peeled the onion just a little bit. um,
1: You know, okay. So I'm going to plug GPS again because (laughs) you just reminded me of something. We're not done, and that's that's exactly what happens in GPS when people um, will talk to me about it. And this is the planning membership that we that we've talked about. It's not like all of a sudden you have this like you're this magical. Planner, time management expert, right? Like it's always a work in progress, and that's why it's a membership and not just a start and end date. Um, but that's like what you just said is so much about ADHD in general. Mm-hmm. Is that you take what you learn about yourself, you under, you know, you get a better understanding of how you work you get those systems like you were talking about with you and your son, you know, you get these things to help you. But at the end of the day, you know, it's still a work in progress. There is not necessarily this like insight or like an insight. That sounds like insight, but I meant like end, like, you know, final ending. End,
0: yeah, the end point. End point. <laughs> end yeah. point
1: yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a good thing to remember is that you know, we're all working on this and uh, there is no perfection. There is nothing about this perfect or, um, or easy, mm-hmm. not easy. For
0: sure, for sure.
1: But you're not well, alone either. That's the thing yeah. too. It's really important to understand that there's a whole community of folks that really get you and understand you and uh, and live through this every day. Yeah.
0: And so much of that community is right here. Control ADHD community. I love it it so much. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to the show. We sure appreciate your time and your attention. Uh, Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, please, please do head over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.